Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. All right, getting all situated here for our Tuesday episode here. I've got a couple of updates I was looking into over the weekend as I was preparing mentally for my move, and that's my upfront here just to talk about that real quick and then we'll get into my topics. So I'm signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Uh, you know, Stevie wonder I'm all done as far as the paperwork and the financials. So far as I can tell, I will be out of here in January and that's a good thing. Now I got to do the arduous task of getting everything packed up and that's going to be a bear. The place I'm going is pretty nice looking. Unfortunately, my unit doesn't face all the nice looking parts. Uh, so hopefully I'll, I'll, deal with it and I'm not too I'm not too fixated on it um but yeah it's a nice place generally nice part of town it's not in the dead center of downtown it's a really nice thing but I won't be in a house I'll be in an apartment unfortunately but I'll be on the top floor but they are not going to be able to bring my shipping containers onto the property so we're gonna have to hoof it from the street which is really annoying but I'll have to do it because I've got a lot of stuff as far as I can tell I'm probably gonna have about six shipping containers and just to put it in perspective, it's just me. There's no full family here. So I can only imagine if it was a full family, how hard it would be to try to get into this thing with what I've got. And I'm not going to do like an ABF truck. I'll just do the containers. So I have to think of what to do there. And I think my plan is just to get up there, get my stuff in the containers, have them shipped up there, have it stored up there. And then I'll rent a truck to, uh, and some, some folks to move from U-Haul to the, to the uh, place. I think that's all I'm going to be able to do. I don't want to, but I don't see another way. So other than that, everything else is good. And I bought a bunch of carpet tiles because the living room in the new place does not have any carpeting. Apparently the bedrooms do. That's good. I like carpet. I can't stand hardwood floors. I'm hardwood now. And they're garbage. I'm sorry. Hardwood's garbage. Tiles, my studio. Floors, tiles. Tiles are garbage. Vinyl, I'm cool with. But I'd rather have carpet. And I don't like that these houses are ripping carpet out because I think carpet feels much better underfoot. That's just my opinion on that matter. So I bought a bunch of tiles and I'm going to have them, I'm going to be shipping them up there in the storage containers. I'm buying them in advance because I won't be able to get package deliveries, which is another annoying thing because I'm not in a house. I won't be able to get deliveries right to the door. 
and these are too large. So I'll, I'll just have to deal with it as I go. And then as far as endeavors go, still getting paid. Um, we're still working on like the first one to try to get something a little bit better, but it doesn't look good. I don't think we're going to have any change uh, in what that's doing. So it'll be what it is. Second Endeavor continues to pay me a check. They're using me a little bit more. So I've got a little bit more work. It's still easy work. So like then might be two hours worth of work a day. But I bill eight because I need to be available for them. So it's basically a free check and it comes every week, which is smashing because that one Endeavor is the rate I want. Now, of course, there's taxes, but it's the rate I want. And so just with that one, I could sustain my lifestyle easy. Having the second one is just icing on the cake. Speaking of icing, I had a situation with one of my banks and it didn't affect me major, but it's something I figured I'd talk about because it might help some of you out there. And it ties to banking, but it also ties to cryptocurrency in a way. So I have a number of different accounts. I have bank accounts all over the freaking place to the point sometimes I forget where money is. That's how bad it is. <laughs> so I've got money in, you know, there's and I have money in Coinbase. I got money in my different accounts. I got money in IRAs and just everywhere. Money's everywhere. And I have one account that I use for a spend. So if I'm buying something, I use mostly that account or my Coinbase card so that I can control spend, but more importantly, I can track spend and I can track the tax. So like in tax filing, if you do the advanced form, you have to collect up all the receipts. Doing the controlled account lets me document all the spend so I can do deductions come tax time, which is important because of how much money I made. So I have this one account for outbound spend and then in the same bank, I have a different account and let's get where all the money comes in. So then I transfer when I'm ready to buy something, enough money into the second account do the purchase and then we're good. That way the second one stays roughly empty to protect myself from fraud because I do a lot of shopping online. I woke up this morning and I couldn't have sleep. It was like 2 a.m. and I'm checking my bank accounts for a different reason. And I noticed this transaction. It's coming from FWRD. If you don't know what that is, don't feel bad. It's a female clothing thing. And apparently it's like luxury stuff, like garbage luxury bags and luxury clothes. And I'm like, okay, that's not mine. And it's a lot of money, not a lot, but you know, it's a pretty good chunk of money. It didn't affect me to the point that I'm like insolvent or any of that stuff. It's just, it's a small percentage of what I have in there. It's the principle of the thing. For somebody else, it might've been the difference between not being able to pay rent. That's how high it basically was. So I contact and my bank, unfortunately, <laughs> I called him, what the heck is going on here? Because it's supposed to reject it because there was not enough funds in the account and it put it in the red. And they're like, well, you got to talk to debit card service. Do, do, do. Okay, fine. So I called debit card service. And they do the fraud and they say, okay, we'll do an investigation and we'll report back what happened. And I'm like, well, why did, why was it allowed to pass in the first place? Well, you got to talk to account services deep, deep, deep. So now I'm getting pissed off because I can't get a straight answer out of either one of them. But over this thing that I think is pretty important because they should not have allowed the transaction because there was no money in the account in the first place. So then I go back to account services and then the ladies first, she's like, you need to talk to them. I'm like, shut, stop, stop. No, they told me to talk to you. And they said, find out what the heck's going on. And I need to understand what's going on and why this was allowed to clear because there's not enough money in the account. Like, that's the point. I purposely said it should reject and there's not enough money. She puts me on hold and then she she comes back and she's like, okay, I, I don't know why. And she's asking about this setting. And I'm like, no, I didn't change the setting. I've had this account for, I've had this account just so you understand for like close to 20 years now. Like, we're not talking a new account. They, they know me, right? And for whatever reason, she's talking about this setting and all this and and then she's confused. She doesn't know what overdraft means and she's pissing me off. So summary, the fraud was done. I just noticed today they reversed the charge. So that's fine. I'm assuming it's still in a fraud thing. And now I got to wait for a replacement card for that account. 
Meanwhile, the other account, the one that gets inflow, I had requested the, the card expired. So I was supposed to get a new one and they mailed it to the wrong freaking address. Now they can't activate it because you have to have my, I have the voice security on, so they can't activate it. But the point is, dude, I'm like, come on, why can't you get my freaking cards to me? There's two addresses, one in Orlando, which is my main. And then here, and neither one got the freaking card. And I don't know why. And I'm like, all right, I need my card here, people. So now I'm dealing with that. So I, in the short term, I'd wired pretty much all my money from there over to my, what is now my primary bank, which is a different, completely different bank. And then that one has lockdown capabilities on the card. So I locked the card temporarily over there just in case and then dumped all the money over there. So the vast majority of my money, as in the, in this case, the first endeavor money goes into this uh, primary account. And then the second endeavor goes into this account that we're talking about. So now I got to change the depository information to point to my other account. Either that, or I could just keep wiring because it's free wire transfers. The summary of this is that that's the reason why I have so many duplicates of things. I don't trust. I don't trust at all. I refuse to trust. So I have multiple accounts because of this. You never can know when you're using your card online, what the hell might happen to the dang thing. So I have different accounts, different for inflow, different for outflow to protect myself. And the inflow account, I never use it for dark transactions to protect it so that nobody ever knows about it. It's never compromised or anything like this. And then I have a different account completely for other types of expenses like rent goes through that one, but that's all it does. So I know who would, if it got breached, I would know the source. So I'm very rigid about this. This ties into cryptocurrency because I tie, I have different wallets for different things. I have different wallets for my, you know, like SHIB stuff is it a completely different wallet. My NFTs are in a different wallet and all that stuff, the NFTs that were given to me. And then I have the ETH jets that I actually bought is all in a different wallet. All of these are spread out because I don't trust single accounts because you're it's single point of failure in a way. So my call to action to you guys is to consider for anything. Like I have multiple phones, actual landline phones, VoIP phones. I have multiple of them all across the place. Are they cordless? Yes. Could I walk around with them? Yes. The point is then I have to walk back and remember to charge it. I might not be in that room. I might get called away. I want to make sure it is a phone always in close proximity. Might sound nuts, but that's just what it is. If I could justify it, I would buy two cars for the same reason. You just never know. That's how I am. So now that you think I'm crazy, let's go ahead and get into our topics for today. I was browsing around some stuff yesterday and topics came up. I kept them on my browser because I wanted to talk to you about them. And I wanted to get anybody's thoughts. If you have any thoughts on this, CryptoTalkRadio.net slash contact, let me know what you think because I'm not in this because I can't be because I'm in the United States. Binance.com. There's a trend that was happening. This is going to be pretty much the vast majority of my update. There was a trend that was happening. Binance insolvent is the hashtag. And I, it was hard to follow, but basically what appeared to be happening is that some whales were dumping crypto out and sending it to a different exchange. I don't know which one, but they were dumping it to a different exchange. And then Justin Sun, who's from Tron, said that he dumped a bunch of money back into Binance. This apparently was what caused a bunch of people to claim that Binance might be insolvent, as in running out of money or at risk of some sort of failure or some sort of an issue. CZ comes out and he says, no, there's not, no, you're fine. I don't know what you're talking about. We're all good to go. Deep, deep, deep. But this is, this is kind of problematic because now Binance, here's the thing. If Binance.com is insolvent, and I'm not saying it is, I'm saying if it is, if Binance.com is insolvent, it is bad for the crypto industry. 
because Binance.com at this point is pretty much the largest of all the exchanges. If it has any issues, we're going to see some major, major disruption to the point I don't think crypto would recover. Like it, there's a lot of money that flows through Binance on a regular basis and most of the Luna Classic recovery ties to Binance.com and some of the burns they're doing and everything else. So now it's, it's kind of the house of cards effect, right? If Binance were to have issues, I'm not going to say crash, but have issues, it's going to affect all the other exchanges too because all the other ones are already teetering on the edge. Binance.com was expected to be the most solvent of them all. We saw Binance.com recently cut off USDC at the knees and force everything to be USD, which pissed a lot of people off. So now we're seeing that there's all this challenge with Binance and people are really upset. And now they're saying, okay, Bitcoin's all you can trust. Bitcoin's all it is. Doop, doop, doop. We saw some pumps of Bitcoin very recently. Speaking of price movement, Bitcoin started eking up when all this happened, going up to about 17 and a half. The last I looked at it, possibly getting very close to 17.8. I didn't look at it this morning. I'm going to look at it right now and I will tell you, but I know that earlier we were starting to see pumps that didn't make any freaking sense on the Bitcoin side, which I believe might be correlated. And yes, we are right there about the 17.8 mark at a peak of just under 18,000. So I, I don't know what that directly correlates necessarily to Binance.com or whatever issue is there. I am saying that Bitcoin is having somewhat of a pump and as a result, all of the other ones are pumping along with it. Ethereum is over 1300 XRP is close to $0.40. Cents. Doge, Doge had some issues. It's on somewhat recovery. Cardano's at $0.30. Cents. So Ethereum, at least, is certainly benefiting from what's going on with Bitcoin, whether it's directly correlated to Binance or not. Now, there are other coins, though, that are suffering, even though those two are pumping. And the reason, the, my theory, at least, the reason for this is that some of those coins might be paired for whatever reason, to something else, or there's some dumping activity happening where people are trying to sell out. Now that they see some recovery, they're trying to recoup losses. They're trying to get out. That's my theory. I don't have any evidence. I don't have any proof, but it's what I seem to see. So if you have any information about this whole Binance business, I'd love to hear from you. CryptoTalkRadio.net, hit contact. Let us know what the heck is going on because it's got a lot of people really concerned. Side note on this, <laughs> there's two. Number one, there's a three commas business, right? So three commas is involved in this in this whole fiasco. I'm going to do my best to try to summarize what the heck might be going on. I don't know fully because, again, this is really deep. And by the time I got in, it was after the fact that I can't get in Binance.com legally to be able to see it directly from the source. I'll do the best I can to try to explain this. So there's a user or was, I don't know if they're still active, called Coin Mamba. I've never heard of Coin Mamba, but apparently Coin Mamba is somebody of import. And they were a heavy trader on Binance. Something happened with the trading site Three Commas, where this person had connected their wallet to Three Commas or via API call, rather, connected via API call, which gives that service access to your tokens if you don't if you don't do it read only. So it's a trading, so you'd have to give them access to your coins, which is stupid. But he does this right, and then Three Commas apparently gets hacked. Through the hack, they're using the API and they drain this guy's stuff or ladies or whatever they drain their accounts coin mamba contacted apparently finance to try to figure out what to do and get the money back finance basically told him, screw you you know it's up to you it's your risk which is true coin mamba starts making smoke and this is what seems to start it this is what seems to cause the problem the fact that this hack happened the fact that they weren't getting the money back then the money that was draining out of it fast like tons of money was dumping out of it the USDC business, like there's all these different smoke points that are happening around Binance. 
So I don't know because again, I don't, I'm not sure what the hell's going on, frankly, um, with the situation. All I can tell you is that something they did really pissed a lot of people off to the point that they're thinking that Binance might be insolvent. Now, meanwhile, off to the side, Binance Pay launches and Binance Pay launches for, this had already been out for people outside the United States. They launched it recently for the United States. And if you know, Binance.com doesn't let you, you know, transact legally. And I know there's people that tell you to go on VPN, do, 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 but I'll say no, do not do that crap. But Binance Pay service, what that does is it allows you to actually do crypto transfers just on the cryptocurrencies for a limited set of cryptocurrencies. I don't believe it's every single one that's there. And this will tie to certain wallets. So certain wallets will be able to use this service and then they're going to be building up a web type deal. If you're already in Binance, and I believe this is Binance.us, you already have access to this feature. So if you're in that, I believe that's something you have access to. And I believe what that does is basically quick convert. So like KuCoin, I can quick convert certain tokens to certain others like USDC to USDT and vice versa. I believe this is very similar. I think it's a little bit too late and it may be trying to, like a Chewbacca, you know, trying to hide the smoke of whatever the heck is going on on social media with it. Once again, I would love to hear from anybody to understand a little bit better why all of a sudden we have this sentiment about Binance insolvent. <laughs> Fidelity. Fidelity Investments has recently launched an ETFs around cryptocurrency and the metaverse. So if you're interested in getting at least some sort of, let's say, quote unquote, safe exposure to crypto and metaverse without the risk, because when you trade the ETF, you're simply trading around its price movement without having to be directly exposed to it. Now, of course, the risk is still there of loss. So I'm not advocating you do. I'm saying if you're interested and you, have, you don't want anything to do with cryptocurrency, let's say you're burnt out on the bear, but you want to do ETF trading and you're okay with that as part of your stock portfolio and you use Fidelity Investments, that apparently is available to those that want to do that trading. I am on Fidelity. I have not seen any such option. So I see, I'm, I'm assuming there's something else where that's available. I didn't see anything. I'm assuming it's somewhere that I don't see in the settings or maybe one of the different tools that Fidelity offers. I'm not sure. So I can't guide you as to where to go. I am saying that what I can tell it, they said that it's available today for Fidelity customers or whatever that means. So take a look at that. that is something that is of interest for you. The other part here is, and this, you know, I talked about ESG. ESG is the whole garbage where, we should force, you know, green everything, get rid of farting cows. We don't need planes. That's ESG. We should, you know, force people's voices. That's what caused Twitter to go haywire because Jack was bowing down to ESG, who was telling people we should be banning and muting and censoring instead of letting people make their own decisions because we think they're too damn weak and we block stuff down. That's ESG in a nutshell. BlackRock is one of the organizations, one of the wealthiest organizations in the world. They are part of the ESG push. So they back companies. And as part of the funding that they offer, they'll say, you've got to agree to this ESG in order to get our money. So it's kind of a it's kind of a, a mob in a way. In my opinion, it's kind of a mob. Well, BlackRock came out and they said that we that there's going to be a recession. Inflation is not going to go away. And ultimately, we're not going to get back to a bull season. BlackRock holds roughly about $8 trillion worth of assets under its auspices control. And they're basically saying that, you know, the banks aren't trying to control this. The government's not trying to control this. We're not locking stuff down. We're not taking any action. So we don't see that we're going to get to any sort of a bull run. 
Now we see the green right now, and you've heard me say, I don't know that it'll last. That's what they're really talking about. So it's possible, entirely possible and plausible that they are correct, that we may not get to a bull. It, time will tell. Time will have to tell on this one. I am going to say, and I'm going to spitball it, that we have a long way to go before we do see a bull, but I do think there will be a bull once we get the current people in government, United States government, out of office, because I do believe they are part of the large part of the reason why we do have the bear that we do. Now, that's me talking. I could have it completely wrong, but I'm just saying that's me talking that I think the people in office right now are largely responsible for the reason we have a negative sentiment. And I don't think we can get back to a positive sentiment until we get them out of the way and not, you know, blocking or, or saying something that kills the business or whatever the hell. So some other bullet points, and these are just bullet points, and I'll wrap up here real quick. So FTX, right? FTX apparently was storing keys. They were storing keys unencrypted. And you're like, huh? FTX apparently was storing keys, private keys in this case, unencrypted. If you know Private keys. Private key, when you have a wallet, the private key is the key to the kingdom. You should never give it out. You heard me. And many wallets purposely try to deny you access to that because they don't want you to give it away because if you give it away, basically all your money's gone. Guaranteed. So one of the largest exchanges at the time and growing at the time apparently had a bunch of crypto wallets. They were storing the keys with no encryption when Poof Hair was in charge. Hundreds of millions of dollars completely exposed. This came out when they were doing some digging into some of the people and uh, behind this. And side note, Poof Hair got arrested out in the Bahamas. He was not allowed to go out on bail. He's he's in jail. He's like, he's in jail. He's been criminally indicted. They're going after him as hot and heavy as they possibly can. Meanwhile, they're doing digging into what the heck went wrong and what the heck's going on. And this came to light of, no, he wasn't really doing <laughs> due diligence. So there's that. And this is why I said, because you got to understand, if you got somebody who is so stupid that they're storing private keys to hundreds of millions of dollars with no encryption, that's why I'm saying I believe this dude is just blatantly incompetent. Like, I don't think, like, think about it. If you were going to be as malicious as you wanted to be, wouldn't encryption be the first thing on your mind because you wouldn't want cops getting access to your money? Like, to me, this is just stupid, like stupid criminal type thing. I believe he's just incompetent. I don't believe for one moment that he was blatantly malicious. I think he's an idiot. I think he's incompetent. I think he didn't know what the heck he was doing. And everything that we're hearing and seeing seems to met that out, right? This idea that they didn't have any bank accounts, this idea that they were telling people to deposit over into Alameda to get a quote credit on the FTX, this idea that they allowed Alameda to dump major amounts, billions and billions of dollars into it with no vetting, no monitoring, no oversight, no query. The idea that he's living it up in an F house with this girl who runs the company that he's majority stakeholder on, and they never talked about any of this over breakfast. I'm telling you, and I'll say it, I don't care who disagrees. I think this guy is just blatantly incompetent. I think he's just stupid. I think he's just an idiot. That's what I believe. I don't believe he's a malicious in intent, but I've said multiple times, being malicious is just as bad, arguably, as being incompetent, just for different reasons. They're both bad. I'm not absolving the fact that it's bad, and I'm not absolving the fact that people were harmed. I'm saying I don't see malicious in this dude. He's got to be stupid, because why would you store private key? Again, 
if you're trying to rip people off, if you're trying to duck and hide assets and trying to do this, why would you, why would you not encrypt? Encrypt would be the first thing that you want to do if you're really that damn smart and you want to hide the funds. Why would you openly go out there and do all these interviews that are evidence against you like a freaking moron? Why, like, if you think about it, it's got to be blatant incompetence. It's got to be just stupid. The guy's stupid. And I'm sorry, when I saw FTX, I had, I didn't do any coverage. I, I didn't think much of it, frankly. And I don't know why people were taken in by it other than greed. And that's sad because you're dealing with incompetent, sorry, I almost cussed, MFers in these that run these projects and people fall for it for a couple 20% return or something else. I, I never will support it, never have, never will. I really don't like that people got taken for a ride. My point is, I don't think this is anything other than a blatant freaking idiot that a bunch of people got taken for because of greed. Rather, it's not, I don't see malicious at all. And anybody can disagree with me on that one. Where do we go from here, folks? Right now, we're looking like we're getting a little bit of green. And I did say that Q1 looks like where we're going to get the pain point. That still persists. It doesn't look as bad as it was. But we're digging more and we're finding out more that FTX was really kind of the culprit behind the initial sets of the crash, even though Do Rokpul, a.k.a. Do Kwan, ultimately abandoned Terra Luna when it was critical and he could have saved it if he had worked harder. So he's still culpable, even though there's still that and Terra Luna's struggling and FTX is apparently involved. We now hear that Binance might have some issues. We don't know what the future holds. And that was, you know, now that we know these things, now the graph behavior makes a little bit more sense. And hopefully everything recovers and everything gets back to some sanity. My advice to everybody listening to me, please be careful. Please be careful. You can invest in whatever you choose to. I'm not telling you specifics. I'm saying please be careful. And no matter what, your people come first, man, because it's not worth it. And my closing note, because this came from coverage I did on the YouTube channel, I am not emotionally invested in any cryptocurrency. And I struggle to understand why anybody would be, why that makes any sense, how you can be. So I'm talking to cult people, you know, like the cult leader in Satama and the Rust We Trust cult and Floki has a cult and Kishu has a cult and Lily now has a cult and cult Dow. And there's, there's just this fervent, and, and it's all cryptos too, right? There's just this fervent belief that their cryptocurrency can't be any wrong. I just did coverage on the YouTube for Zen Crypto and got attacked by the diehards again, even though I didn't really say anything bad other than the guy, by body language that you can research yourself on the internet, his body language speaks that he's hiding something. That's basically what I said. Other than that, I said there's no financial risk, and I still got attacked. Like, it doesn't even matter. There are people that just, all they want is, let's fucking go to the moon, do, do, do. And if you say anything contradictory to that, they will attack you. And I don't understand how people can be so emotionally invested in numbers on a blockchain. If anybody can share the wisdom as to why that makes any sense, especially if you know that you are diehard in some project, I'd love to hear from you. I want to smoke CryptoTalkRadio.net. Fill out the contact form because I'd love to hear why it makes any damn sense to be so emotionally invested in numbers on a blockchain. At the end of the day, this is all about money. That's what it's really about. It shouldn't be, but that's what it's really about. Why are we emotionally invested in this other than you chose to be in that? So you chose to accept the risk. Say that you choose to be a gambler. That's it. We don't have to get and go into a battle. I don't frankly care what you do with your money. What I hear him to do is call out when these things are risks. You can say, I see that same thing you see. I don't care. I'm going to gamble and I'll respect you. But to be so adamantly fervent, 
just combative and argumentative. And I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from other than influencers to some degree, two greed, three desperation, maybe for a sense of wanting to belong to something like maybe it's a personal problem, but I'm going to say it and I don't care. It's not healthy. People it's not healthy to be that way. Why are you question yourself? Why are you, you wouldn't be emotionally invested in a dollar or a, a rupee, right? Or, or peso, a single, you wouldn't be emotionally invested in that. You wouldn't care. It, it's just money. That's what it is, right? So why are you invested like this in these cryptos to the point that you are combative and argumentative and insulting and using the word jeet and seeing the word kek and all this and you don't, it, it's money. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. To me, smart money, smart use of money is to recognize it's just a means to an end it sits off on the side. It's going to do what it's going to do, whether you like it or not. And nothing you do is going to change that. Nothing you say is going to change that because the devs will either screw you and not care or they'll win. And you won't know until you wait because it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Even if you see a temporary green pump, none of that matters either because there could be catalysts behind that that are outside of your control and it might dump as we saw with Lily Finance. All I'm saying is I question the I question the culture. I question society and the policies for cryptocurrency and why we allow that. And I wish it would go away. And I don't know what it'll take to make it go away, but I think it needs to because if we don't get better treatment in cryptocurrency, it's never going to succeed. And we're always going to have these problems. Even a bear, we're still seeing that same garbage. That might be frustration. I don't care. What I care about is it's just money at the end of the day. It's just cryptocurrency. Sit in your wallet. One of my triad members is just going to, detox, go off the grid and do something fun. That's what I think everybody else needs to do. Stop staring at graphs, get away from it and stop worrying about it. You invest in whatever and let it sit there and marinate, turn on your alerts if you must, so you can keep track of it without having to watch the thing all the time. If you're one of those that's infected by telescam, there's not really much I can do. Some people are simply buying help, but I'll do the best I can to continue sharing my message because it's my show and people that enjoy it and respect it and welcome it. I welcome you and respect you in return. And those that you you don't care and you want to be gamblers, I celebrate your right to be a gambler. What I'm not going to do, if you, uh, bottom line, if you give it, you better be ready to take it. So don't get offended when I come back at you if you step incorrect. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word jeet and the ones that say the word kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care. Be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. 
See you next episode.